Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. In today's episode, we will speak to my friend Kat from the Wildly Wealthy Life podcast. Kat is from the Philippines and came 15 years ago to the US, Los Angeles, to pursue her artist's dream career. Yeah, she's indeed a full-on artist. She dances, she teaches piano, and is an aerialist. A bit hard to pronounce, so forgive me if I butcher this. Anyway, despite the variable and unpredictable income that comes with such a career, she has still managed to get out of debt, purchase a multifamily home with her husband, and she's living her wildly wealthy life. Kat will share her inspiring story on how she started her real estate investing journey with an irregular source of income, how she budgets, and how her background has played an important part in how she manages her finances. And talking about her background, we will also discuss a few cultural money differences she faced when coming to the US. This episode is for you if you feel you're stagnating with your finances and want to get moving towards larger goals. And don't be fooled, the tone will seem light and conversational, but the key takeaways will be solid. So let's not wait a minute longer, and let's jump right into it. Hello, Kat. How are you doing today? I am doing great. How about you? Yes, I'm doing fine. Uh, excited to uh, have you on the show. Nice to uh, to have you. And um, yeah, because I'm calling you and you're uh, now in uh, Los Angeles, if I'm correct. Yes, I am. Sunny Los Angeles. Fantastic. Well, here it's sunny Luxembourg. It's It does not sound as sexy, but it's uh, <laughs> it's quite a good place to be right now. Uh, even with the lockdown, it's still nice. And uh, the weather it has been fantastic for one month. So grateful to be here and healthy. And uh, Kat, you have an atypical profile. I mean, you, you have an artist background. You're a dancer. You're a piano teacher. You are, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this correctly in English. So I will try. Uh, aerialist? Or yeah, aerialist. Yeah. A- aerialist. Yeah. Voilà. Yep. And next to that... You're also a, an experienced real estate investor. So mm-hmm. it's quite a, an interesting profile because usually people that I have here on the show or people I talk to in the community because we met through FinCon are people in the corporate world or people that have worked with finance and then they get into investing in personal finance and then we move on from there. But here, I mean, you're really an artist. I mean, you're a piano teacher. I've seen your videos. It's quite impressive. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, I'm really curious to hear a bit more about this. So can you tell us a bit more what you do? Because I just scratched the surface. What are you actually doing uh, these days? Yeah, so, uh, wow, these these days, actually, I have really been focused on teaching uh, piano online. It's been awesome. But before that, I, I just really grew up having such a passion for the arts. Like, I could I could probably remember back to when I was six years old. I knew that I wanted to be a dancer. I just mm-hmm. knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I had lived in the Philippines back then. I, w- I was born and raised there. And then I knew that at some point, I will move to either New York or Los Angeles to pursue a career in dance. I don't know what it was. You know how some people just 
uh, wake up and they they're born and they kind of just know what they want to do. That's kind of like how it was with me and and I call it luck or whatever. But I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so when I actually, um, you know, graduated from college in the Philippines, I moved straight to uh, L.A. and I pursued a dance career. And so I have worked as a dancer and then also uh, ventured into being an aerialist because being in L.A. and then coming from the Philippines, you realize that in the Philippines, because I came from a very small town, you know, you're you're the big fish in the small pond over there. <laughs> and then you move to Los Angeles and you become the small fish in a much, much bigger pond. And and so when I moved out to L.A., I realized that being a dancer is great, but I have to add a couple of skills to my repertoire, you know. And and so I explored aerial because I knew that it's something that I, one, it develops your strength because you're in the air and you're holding on and you're doing tricks in the air. And and two, if you have that skill, you have a little bit more of an advantage mm-hmm. when you look for jobs. And so knowing that, I, I d- uh, dive deep into aerial and then I started working as a aerialist as well. And so that's kind of been, you know, my background. And then I love, I love being musical. I love singing. I love playing the piano. And that's something that I've just done growing up. And so that's kind of part of my skill set too. And then I think that the thing that really uh, drove me to also just exploring financial independence and, uh, you know, exploring real estate is because growing up, we just didn't have much. And I always Mm -hmm. saw my parents struggle, you know, with money. And actually my parents had to leave when I was seven years old and my brother was only, was barely even a year old. And my mom and my dad left the Philippines to go to the States to, to try to uh, get a better job so that they could send us money at home. And so growing up and seeing that, I just knew that that's not something that I want to do. You know, I would love, I still want to pursue the arts, but in the back of my mind, I always knew that personal finance is very, very important. So that's kind of how I stumbled into really studying uh, personal finance and going into real estate. Okay, that's quite good. And then uh, you mentioned to me before the show that, okay, well, you're an artist, you're a dancer, you're aerialist. Yeah, I managed. (laughs) And um, piano, uh, you give piano lessons. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it does not sound like... um, like an investment banker making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if I may say so. So how do you manage then to, to enter the, the wonderful world of the real estate investing? Yeah, so I'd say that that came with a lot of teamwork with my husband. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say I'm really blessed to have an amazing husband who has supported my passion for the arts. He works as an admissions uh, counselor for a college, but when he started, he was you know in the base level position. But he is such a hard worker and just also really great with people and. Every single time there's promotion at work, he was always able to basically receive the promotion. Like in in about maybe I'd say two three years time, he his salary really grew, like grew double, you know. Mm-hmm. And and we were living for the most part mostly on his salary, and I all of my income was the supplement income, you know, because my income can come whenever it wants to come, <laughs> whenever I get a job, you know? And so we, it, it came from teamwork between, between him and I, that's one com- communication that uh, the understanding that I am sorry that I am not bringing a lot of money into our marriage, but 
I do have, I, I do bring other value, you know? And so it's just really that teamwork. And then he never shamed me for not making enough. He never pressured me into leaving my passion for the arts because it's not making enough money. Instead, we just worked together and we said, well, this is what you make. Let's figure out a way to make sure that we really budget well. And then we also had debt. You know, it, it was actually more of his debt because he had a lot of student loan and consumer debt. Uh, coming from the Philippines, I actually grew up not using credit cards. I just knew that if you don't have cash, you don't buy it. And so when I went to the States, it was kind of the same thing for me where if you don't have cash, you don't buy it. So I didn't really fall into that whole thing. So when we got married, the only, I actually accumulated a little bit, but just because when I went to the States, it was really fresh for me as far as I didn't have income, you know, it was just really starting from scratch. Right. Mm -hmm. So then, um, we had to tackle the debt first. And so a lot of it just had to boil down with, this is the solid money income that we're having every month. And whatever we have for me as an artist, let's make sure that that all just goes to the debt. And we just, you know, like literally tackle it and just, it became a snowball effect until we basically paid off all our debt, everything from uh, consumer debt to the car debt and student loan. And then we just have our mortgage, you know, debt now. And, and that's uh, kind of like how we did our finances, just a lot of teamwork and communication. Mm -hmm. And before we move on to the real estate, I'm, I'm just curious uh, because, okay, you, you have your income, which is not a regular, it's not a regular paycheck that comes with a fixed amount every month. So mm -hmm. I guess you're paid by uh, gigs or by events. How does that work? Yeah, it's basically paid by the, it. Sometimes it's paid by gigs or by event. Sometimes you get really lucky and you get like an awesome job at a park. Like here in California, we have, you know, Disneyland. I actually worked at Disney California Adventure. It's the park right across Disneyland. And they had a show there called Aladdin, a musical spectacular. And it was a 13 year show. So it went on for 13 years. And it's a show that goes on every single day, you know, seven days a week. Uh, five shows a day. And so they need a pretty big cast to be able to run that show consistently. I auditioned for that show. I got, you know, accepted and I was able to do that job for a couple of years and I had like a stable, you know, gig. So, so sometimes you have those stable um, jobs. You're basically employed regularly, yeah. obviously, because there's a lot of uh, people in the cast. Sometimes you get one day a week. Sometimes you get two days a week or five days a week. It just kind of depends, right? Mm -hmm. But it is great because it's regular. You can count on it every single week. You know that you have a job at least every single week, even if you work once a day, once a week, you know? So there's that. And then I also was able to work for um, Marvel, which is a, a stunt show. It was a touring stunt show. So that went on for a year. And that was also a regular paying job. So it all depends. It really depends on uh, what gigs you have. Sometimes they're long-term contracts and sometimes they're like a day. You know, I go and work in an event and get paid. Sometimes it's $250, sometimes it's $500, sometimes it's $2,000. It's literally oh, yeah. okay. such a different range of what you get paid. Okay. And over time, have you tried to or managed to get it to get a more regular form of income? Or is it still like this that you... You never know at uh, the start of the month how much you will make. It is still like this. Okay. I mean, 
I get, you know, again, like I get some regular gigs, mm-hmm. like the Disney was regular and then the Marvel was regular for a year, which was great. And then the, it was also a tour though. So that was, I was away, you know, I was away for a year. We went from city to city every single week, that hotel living <laughs> every single week and moving from city to city. And then, you know, you come home and then you have to restart again because, you know, in LA, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> so you kind of come home and you're like, oh, goodness. All right, let's let's start our engines again and be home and figure out auditions and all that. So it's still it's still that way, you know? It's 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 just what it is. Until you book like a regular regular show uh, that goes on for seasons, then then great. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see, I see. But now next to that, to this variable income, you have managed to secure a few uh, properties with your husband, and I understand that you became uh, you both became uh, real estate investors. So mm-hmm. that maybe is the stability provider while you still can live your uh, passion. Yeah, definitely. It's been such a blessing to have the properties because it really, again, you know, it's that snowball thing. I, I don't think we could be in this place if mm-hmm. we didn't tackle the debt first. Yeah. You know, that was important. That was an important piece to get your credit score up, to not be worried about now putting your money into credit card debts, you know, and to actually have money to be able to save up. So the first thing actually that we did was we bought a we bought a house here in LA. And I know it's crazy because it's so expensive out yeah. here in LA. <laughs> but the fun thing about, I, th- I think for us, for both my husband and I, I, I would say the number one thing for us is we just don't think that impossible is a word. We really believe that everything is possible. Like it's it's truly like what be- what we believe to the core is that everything is possible. And so when we when we come up against an obstacle, we just look at it and we're like, well, What's the way around it? (laughs) What's another way to look at it? You know, that's kind of just how we've always approached life. And so when we got done with paying our debt, we knew we wanted to purchase a home. And actually, it also came after a kind of like a four-month gig in Korea. I lived in Korea and I performed in Korea for four months. And while I was there... I actually, I had kind of been running this after school dance program business Mm -hmm. for years and I had grown it. And because of that, when I went to Korea and I worked as an artist in Korea, my business that was in LA that was arts related was still thriving. So I actually, for that short period of time, for four months, I was earning double income. So that was oh, amazing. Great. I was I was getting paid as an artist and then my uh, you know my dance program business was thriving in LA and it was being managed by the team that I had put together and during that time we said okay let's really go hardcore let's save all the money that we can save and then when I came home from Korea that's when we bought a house this was in 2012. Mm-hmm. But also and this was really funny how even at that time we didn't really study anything real estate. We literally went into buying this house just with this gut feeling that we think it's right to buy a multi-property home. So we decided when we buy our first home in LA, it's not going to be a regular home that's going to be like, oh, it's your first home and it's going to be your dream home. No, we knew that this was going to be an investment right off the bat. So we purchased a multi-property home that has rentals in the back of the of the main home. So that's how we actually afforded this house in LA because the income that was coming in from the units behind us, you know, qualified us or helped us kind of like 
have the in the means to be able to pay for it because our mortgage here is ridiculous. It's it's a little over four thousand dollars a month. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's crazy. But we actually live mortgage free because of the rentals that are paying for uh, for the uh, you know the property itself behind us. And my brother also lives with me, and my brother's best friend lives with us. So we're also house hacking. So all that combined, we're um, we're mortgage free, and because of that. We're not paying four thousand dollars every single month out of our own pocket. So we kind of acted like we are, and we put that into the savings again. And then we purchase more properties in we upstate New York because my husband is from upstate New York. So we then so then we have a couple of more rentals in upstate New York. That's kind of how we tackle that. Wow, that, that's uh, that's excellent. I mean, uh, four thousand dollars—it already sounds a lot to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then actually you live for free and then that money you just put i mean you pay off your your uh your mortgage and then you buy other properties with it so that that's excellent yeah it's it's like again just the snowball effect you know and so and and not uh i think the other thing is not having a lifestyle increase with your with your cost of living mm -hmm. you know yeah. i mean yeah there's inflation and all that stuff but to really figure out what you value and to not be like like you know when i had the double income right i lived in korea I was getting paid the the salary for my performing there and then i was still having my salary from my business It, I could have easily said, wow, I have two incomes. This is great. You know, let me just live my life now. No, like I, I, we didn't do that. We realized that this is a great opportunity to be able to stack away some Benjamins, <laughs> some money, you know, because we don't know when that's going to happen again. As a performer, am I going to have that opportunity again? I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. You know, so that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I see. And then I have a question because, okay, before the, the real estate part, Uh, you were in debt, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. and then to to uh, yeah to pay that off. Okay, you used your salary, but then I was wondering about uh, any frugal habits or cutting down uh, on expenses. What measures did you take with regards to yeah regular payments or grocery shopping? Any any tips where probably the readers can maybe say, well, look, I can save here and there. Some money, maybe they're not in debt, but at least maybe these habits can help them uh, save some money. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, I think that to start with, this was like years ago, you know, when we were trying to tackle our debt, the the one thing that we kind of just did, which, which is pretty much the regular thing that most people do, is just cut down on the food. That was the biggest thing, because especially here in LA, there's so much temptation to eat outside all the time, because there's so many great restaurants, <laughs> like, you know, and it's, and it's fun, like, there's just so much to, stuff to do here in LA. And so I think that that's the biggest thing that we did was, We, we made sure that we, you know, lived our life, like had fun, like here and there and, and explored, but on a day to day living, it was cooking at home day to day. Okay. Like we did not, we did not eat out. Like it was, especially that first two, three years that we were like really going, uh, pushing forward with, uh, with paying the debt it was and and you know for newlyweds that's not easy to do because when you're newlyweds usually you're still you know in that exciting part of like hey let's do something all the time because we're newlyweds. Yeah, you want to travel you want to go to the restaurant share experiences whatever yeah exactly mm -hmm. but we just you know again i think it's just a matter of we we just knew our vision as far as 
hey, we want to have a better life, like not just right now, but like really for long term. We live for longevity. Like that's what it is. We're always looking at longevity. It's not for the short-term gain and short-term happiness. It's really, but you know, it's a balance. Again, you, you want to make sure that you're also living now, but also knowing that the future is going to happen. It's going to, it's going to be here soon. So you want to make sure you're also looking out for your future. And a a little bit boring question, but uh, I I want to ask it. Did you Uh, guys set up a budget or anything because to me budget is boring but i think it's part of good personal finance uh, habits oh yeah definitely there was a budget my my husband is actually not the money guy he's more of the uh spender (laughs) and so so that was also a challenge actually for us we had to we had to come together because he is the spender and I'm the saver. And he he actually doesn't really look at the budget that much. He just knows that, hey, I'm budgeting. And we ju- and then I just tell him, hey, this is how much you have for this month to spend. And he's like, okay. And he doesn't really, he's like, okay, cool. That's that's great. <laughs> that's kind of how we did it. He, he said that it helps when he sees it. Uh, but for the most part, even if he doesn't see see it, and I just tell him that this is, you know, what he's got for the the, the week or for the month, he doesn't really question it. He's just like, okay, I, I, he just trusts me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see, I see. Okay, very cool. And um, yeah, so this is how then you manage to get out of debt, start on investing the apartments in the yeah, in the properties. Great job on the house hacking. So what are your financial goals now? Because you're in this phase where you accumulate your real estate properties. Mm-hmm. What is the end goal or what is your current strategy right now with regards to your finances? Well, actually, <laughs> our biggest, like one of our biggest dreams, because I had gone to New Zealand one time and I, I went to this tree adventure park and it was the most fun adventure park I've ever gone to where you you basically you monkey around from tree to tree. <laughs> mm-hmm. And at that moment, I had this thing where I'm like, I want to own something like this in LA, where I have like a forest adventure in LA. And, you know, and so we have this really big, this is our like high and lofty big goal. But again, like we're like, it's big, but guess what? Like, I don't think anything is impossible. So how about we figure out how to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we be, if, if you want to know like what our biggest like dream is, it's basically we want to own this big tree adventure park that people can go to and have fun. And then in it is a dog park and a cat cafe. And then there's a part where um, it's like a big outdoor amphitheater that we people can rent out to do concerts and events and dance performances and aerial performances. That's kind of like a big dream. <laughs> so, so that's what we're working towards is to have something like that, that, you know, people can enjoy because we just really love bringing the community together, bring people together and like having uh, something fun for them to do, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so that's kind of the big thing. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was, I was just going to say, it sounds like all your passions all bundled up together in one real estate project. So it's everything together. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you know what? This is a way for us to develop like a real estate project. And then there's a theater for performances. And then there's a cat cafe and a dog park. And then there's adventure. I'm like, what could be better than this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, it sounds uh, absolutely exciting. And then one thing that uh, also uh, sounds interesting to me is that you mentioned it before. I mean, you grew up in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. 
okay, you married to an American, uh, to, to Lee, who is American. And I'm also curious about your impression. I don't know how it works in the Philippines with money, how their, the perception is or the, the culture around money is. But then I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure you had a shock or there were some, probably some tough discussions around money in the US or some observations that you made. So I'm curious to hear about your experience here. Yeah, it, probably the biggest shock for me was the credit card. I was really like, what is this piece of plastic? You mean you can swipe it and not have to worry about paying? <laughs> like actually paying? That was a huge shock for me because again, like I, you know, coming from a, a not very well off family where my parents even had to leave us, you know, so that they could find a better future somewhere else. I was, the value of money for me growing up was you, number one, you have to save it because mm -hmm. you don't know when you're going to get income again. And number two, you just don't buy anything you cannot afford ever. Like you don't like, you know, if you don't have the cash for it, you don't. So that was the, to me, culturally, the biggest shock was the credit cards when I went here. Right now, uh, it's very different now in the Philippine culture. Like we're so influenced by the, by the Western culture over there now that I'm sure that, that, that there's credit cards there now and everything. But in my time, it was very different. So that was a big shock. Uh, the other shock was not really like a shock, but just a little bit of a difference in culture. I'm not saying that, you know, in with the American families that they don't care about their, their, their parents. They do. Of course they do. But it's a lot more here in America. It's a lot more uh, common that when your parents are of, you know, old age that you send them to a, uh, you know, like a assisted living facility. Mm -hmm. And, and that's not in the case for us in the Philippines. Like, If your parents are old, you you house them yourself and you you take care of them until until you know they're they're dying age, you mm -hmm. know, they're yeah. dying days. So that was also different for me because uh, again, you know, just again difference in culture. And actually right now my aunt lives with us. She is in her late 60s. She's still very active actually. She's very very healthy, which is we're we're blessed to have her very healthy. But my aunt lives with us. My brother lives with us. My brother's best friend lives with us. And that's pretty much what Philippine culture is. We just all live in the same house, and that's not necessarily what American culture is, you know. People really want to be on their own. That's so that's the difference. <laughs> yeah. Any other money behaviors or habits or uh, things that you've seen that are like totally different than in the Philippines? I would say that there's not, not, I'm not saying that everybody is like this, you know, but there's this little bit of a sense of entitlement mm -hmm. with the way people spend their money here in the States, you know? And, and I think that my husband had that a little bit when we first met, it was more, it was more of like, well, it's my money. Like I'm gonna spend it, you know, <laughs> it's like, like you, you have no, cause it's mine. Like, you know, and Philippine wise, the way we look at money and how to spend it is It's my money. I made it, but I'm spending this to help family out. It's always been like that, you know. And and again, there's pros and cons to that because sometimes, like with 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 us, it's like it's almost so like a martyr. How how do you say that word? Mar martyr, 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 martyr. M a r t y r. <laughs> it's yeah. like you're you're like really like giving up your your desires in life so that you could like feed your family and, you know, make sure that your family comes first. So again, there's, 
there's good and bad to it. it I think it's you have to find the balance because you want to take care of your needs too, you know, and that's actually something that I've had to learn is that I also need to take care of my needs and not just think of my family all the time, which is, you know, again, we don't have kids yet, but like, I'm thinking like about my brother and my aunt and, <laughs> you know, and, and make sure that they're taken care of and, and roof over their heads. And yes, they pay us rent and whatnot, but still, you know, like even with groceries, that's another thing, you know, we, we do groceries here and, and it's for everybody. There's five people living in this house and it's for everybody. <laughs> and in a regular American household, if you don't live, if they're not part of the family and maybe they live with you, it's to each their own, you know? And, and so, so yeah, that's kind of like the difference is, is the sense of entitlement versus the sense of like what I make is to help out my family. Yeah, I see. And I think for, for me, from the outside, what, what it looks like is, okay, in Europe, at least I'm, I'm from Belgium, I live in Luxembourg, but it's all this credit card thing to me that's like typically American. I mean, people do have uh, credit card issues here as well, but it, it's not as big. You know, I, I never heard stories about some people, oh yeah, I got 30,000 euros in uh, credit card debt uh, on... Um, mm -hmm. On private consumptions. I mean, maybe student loans and still, okay, student loans, uh, that's a part. But I mean, for private consumptions, I never hear the stories here and uh, never seen it in the newspapers or anything. So I only hear it from uh, the community or the, the friends or whatever articles or personal finance blogs. So this is something we really don't have. And when I grew up, for example, okay, credit cards are not evil, but I was always told to be careful because it's money you you need to pay back. So it's not just uh, yeah. <laughs> you go to the store, you, you buy a pair of shoes uh, and that's it. No, you need to pay it back in a way or another. So from that perspective, <laughs> that was quite good. And then, um, yeah, one other thing is that um, this uh, family thing, I think it's the same. I mean, to each their own. And uh, my parents uh, are in their 60s, but okay, for now they're healthy. So, so it's okay. But Later, I don't know if we will send them to uh, this kind of uh, retirement place or if we'll keep them home. I don't mm -hmm. know, but uh, so we, we, we will see. Yeah, yeah. It's just different, you know, culturally. Yeah. And, and not that the other one is wrong and the other one is right. It's just it's just very different. That's all, you know, and you kind of just have to figure out what do you value, you know, and uh, and what's right for you it may not necessarily be right for someone else. So, yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah, very <laughs> good. And then... Um, Kat, you, um, I mean, you, you just launched your, your uh, podcast yourself, actually. Yeah, we did. My husband and I co-host the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, called Widely Wealthy Life. I've yes, listened to a few is. episodes. It's quite uh, cool, energetic. And uh, yeah, what's your uh, mission with that? You know, our mission is really to, we, we, we realized that We've, we've had amazing experience with our own financial story. You mm -hmm. know, we've had our struggles, we've had our wins and we, our wins are amazing. You know, as far as like we're concerned, like we felt like we had, we started with nothing. We felt like we started from scratch. And so for us, because we have studied this and we have surrounded ourselves with making sure that we are educated financially, and then we've put it into application. So it's not all just about, you know, knowledge, but we actually put it in application, which means that we have experiential wisdom on mm -hmm. things. Yeah. We, we realized that we have a voice in this space 
And so we want to be able to exercise that voice, one, but two, to really explore. We realize, you know, for me as a performer, I love stories. I just love storytelling. And so if I can get people to tell their stories of uh, their inspiring stories that uh, where how they started and where they are now, and also a little bit of tips on what got them there. Mm -hmm. And then also, we really love tying it into intentional generosity, because my husband and I have always lived with the premise that if you give, if your currency is giving, it really does come back. And you don't give because you know, it's going to come back. You just give because it's a beautiful thing to do, you know, and, and it, and the best thing that you get out of it is joy. Like, to be honest, even if it's not financial gain that you get back from giving the best thing that you, you get from it is one joy. And number two, the, the ability to be able to change people's lives and, and in small ways and sometimes in big ways. And so that's our message with our whole podcast is pursue financial independence but have intentional generosity that goes along with it because you will go further and you'll see that your efforts in in getting financially independent actually multiplies. It becomes this ripple effect where people's lives get affected in a massively beautiful way and then they will affect other people's lives. So that's kind of like the goal of this podcast is to spread that message. And then hopefully, you know, as we develop our voice in this space that we gain credibility with us being investors and all these things because we're we're venturing out to be note investors as well and i'm and actually during this time i'm i'm uh, partnering with another gal it's me and this other woman from oregon and we're we're opening a note business together and so as we have this space we're hoping that it helps us build credibility and hopefully it will open up for other people who will want to partner with us in our note note uh, investing venture well, that's great. That's uh, yeah. a, a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, it's so much. <laughs> yeah, but that's great. That's great. And and just one thing, uh, just that I that comes in your real estate ventures, your um, personal finance journey. Uh, where did you get uh, your tips, your resources from? Was it uh, finance blogs, books, podcasts? How did you get started? I mean, where did you read uh, information? Mm. So in the in the beginning. It was honestly just this natural inclination to it. Like in the beginning, I I just knew that again, you know, as I said, like some people are just bored with this innate thing and then some people are not and they have to develop it, you know? So as for me, I was born with this innate thing for performing. And then I was born with this innate thing for personal finance and make sure that our finances are set straight. So that's the beginning part. However, obviously, education and getting influenced by awesome people in this space really help uh, build your momentum and and help propel you forward. So the very first one that I got exposed to was actually Dave Ramsey. When I um, you know learned about his steps to financial independence, we we looked at that and we're like, we love this. We resonate with this. So we kind of uh, followed some of those steps and then. You have to realize that some people have their way and then you get exposed to other people and you're like, wait, I like that guy too. How about if we merge something together? And I love his you know, perspective on that because Dave Ramsey is like a big, make sure you pay everything in cash guy. And I'm like, 
but I love credit card points because I get to travel for free. It's like, it's like mixing things that you learn from people and then figuring out what's right for you. So we started with Dave Ramsey and then now we use credit cards for everything. We pay it off every single month, but we use credit cards for everything. And so far we, in the last three years, we actually haven't had to pay for any travel because it's just been credit card points, you know, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing uh, from the US is that, yeah, you, you get all this cre the, the credit card points to travel everywhere. I mean, here it's a, it takes ages to, to reach that status, but okay, it's, it's a different systems and everything, but mm, like, oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's very different. <laughs> you know, you hear those guys, yeah, yeah, I went to the conference. Uh, yeah, I just used my points and I traveled business because this and that. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's it sucks that it's not as uh, the same in other places for sure. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's the same in the Philippines either. Like yeah, no. But then okay, yeah. the, then the the mortgage rates. I mean, I don't know what's uh, your mortgage rate, but for for example, mine is two percent. You know, so so it all balances out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Again, there's always pros and cons, right? Exactly. Like yeah. like everywhere, and you just make the best of really what is your environment and what's, mm. you know, like where you're born. Like, again, you make the best out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kat, uh, I think this was a, this was a great energetic episode. I really like it. And uh, before we close, we always have our uh, three quick fire questions. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So Kat, the, my first question to you is, uh, what has been your best investment so far? Ah, my best investment so far has been a mentorship program mm -hmm. that I signed up for from a real estate uh, event that I went to. I was very, very, very hesitant because it was a huge amount of investment for me. But I have this thing where if you if you're fearing something, but you know that it's going to be good, but you're just afraid, I think that you should lean into your fear. If you have this gut feeling that it's like, it's going to be good, I'm just afraid because, because it seems too much. It seems a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Just jump. Just go for it because it's going to be good. And it has proven to be good. It's a real estate mastermind group and mentorship that I have with uh, this woman named Monique Kam. And from doing that, it was actually just last October. It has literally exponentially like grown my network with people. I've met so many amazing people that has really given me a good amount of return as far as relationships. And I know financially too, like it's not there yet, like as, like as far as like really looking at the numbers, but I know that in about two years time, I'm going to get that money back like easily. So that's a huge investment that I think was one of the best investments I've made. Yeah, that's, that's great. And uh, I mean, maybe for the listeners, maybe they will not uh, have an opportunity to attend this kind of mentorships, but maybe mm -hmm. there can be other opportunities like attending a conference, meeting people, like-minded people, and maybe you, it can be a lot of things where you need to put some money up front uh, yep. and it might turn out to be a great opportunity. Maybe it's launching a business. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, I, I don't have any other ideas now in mind, but there could be this kind of opportunity. So yeah, so have a look yeah. around. And if you if you know, if inside yourself, you feel it can be good. And if you, if it makes sense, well, then try it, go for it. Worst case, okay, yeah, you lost a bit of money. Uh, but, but normally, if it's good for you, you will get connections, you will get some, maybe some work, some side gig, some return on your investment. And that's what you yep. should look for. Yeah. 
Yep, exactly. <laughs> okay, very cool. Uh, next uh, question that is about books. So what is the best book you can recommend to anyone? And it does not need to be uh, financial. My most favorite book is this book called Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just such an awesome book. On Basically, it's about a woman who grew up uh, an orphan. Her dad left her. But for, for as far as she could remember, she just loved her dad. And she wanted so much approval from her dad. But her dad disowned her. And then her mom died later. And at a young age, she was actually sold to a rich family that um, by her uncle who basically used her in prostitution. So she grew up a prostitute and the only thing she knew was to do that. And then she, there was a guy that met her and, and really like loved her, like really, really loved her. And she kept running away and kept going back to prostitution. But this guy was just patient and just forgave her every single time. And just his whole heart of like forgiving her like mm -hmm. over and over again turned her around and like made her realize that there's a different kind of life and so yeah it's redeeming love by francine rivers it's my favorite book <laughs> okay excellent i'll uh i'll link it all up in the show notes i'll look it up and i'll uh, link it it sounds like a great story so yeah so probably <laughs> there will be listeners wanting to read it or know more yeah. about it and then the the last question uh cat Uh, what is the best purchase you've made for under a hundred dollars? So if I could buy something that's going to give me like so much joy, like mm -hmm. a whole lot of joy, uh, I, I guess my, my question is, cause I, I, I maybe I misread this, uh, question, but, um, I did not do this personally, but if I were to buy something a hundred under a hundred dollars that I think would be the best purchase ever is to adopt a cat from a shelter. <laughs> it's like about $55 to adopt a cat at a shelter. So it's a hundred under a hundred dollars and it will give you enormous amounts of joy for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> so oh, okay. that would be my best purchase for under a hundred under a hundred dollars. No, that's it's great. A, yeah. It's an investment in yourself because you give yourself a lot of joy. And when you have a lot of joy, you you get to live life better. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. I really like that. $55. And uh, to make you happy, I mean, there's not much uh, many more other options to to get happy for such a low amount. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you make their life happy. You know, you yeah. make a cat's life happy. So there you go. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I really like that. So cats, I think the the listeners will want to hear more about you. So where can they find you? Uh, wow. Well, They can find me two ways. Um, I am on wildlywealthylife.com. That's our podcast. Mm -hmm. And if you just want to know more about uh, me as a piano teacher, I am on mypianobench.com. So O-N, on mypianobench.com. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm also on Instagram. If you go to uh, Wildly Wealthy Life, all the information is on there. And uh, that's where you can find me. Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, Kat, thank you so much. I really liked your story coming from the Philippines, moving to LA to live your dream as a dancer, as an artist, and uh, working your way up through real estate to uh, open your adventure park. <laughs> <laughs> someday, someday soon, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it was quite cool. I really enjoyed it. And I think there's a lot of value in this episode that people can get inspired from. And what I really liked is that you say, well, A bit like in the book of uh, Marie Forleo, it says, 
well, everything is figure outable. So the it really is. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I really liked it and uh, the book, and I really like that. Actually, you just mentioned the same. So uh, nothing is impossible. You said, and uh, yeah. So I think that's. Um, I don't know if nothing is really impossible, but at least if you set your heart and your passion, and you work towards your goal, you can reach a lot more than you think. I agree. Thank you so much. Voilà. I so enjoyed my time with you. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. I had a pleasant time chatting with Kat and uh, really enjoyed it. So I hope you enjoyed it as well and that you learned something from it. And uh, yeah, although, the, as I said in the intro, although the tone was a bit light and conversational and fun, I think the key takeaways are solid. So let's get into it. Number one. Develop special skills to stand out. I mean, Kat knew she needed to add skills next to her dancer abilities when moving to LA. So she learned all about being an aerialist. Next, if you wish to pursue an artistic career, well, be prepared for irregular income. And if and when extra money comes in, do not give in to lifestyle creep. So that means increasing expenses as your money grows. Stay focused on your goal. In the case of um, Kat and her husband Lee, it was to buy real estate. Number three, teamwork and communication is what helped her couple get through debt and start their successful financial journey. Next, Kat brought us with some uh, Filipino wisdom, I would say. Uh, if you do not have cash, do not buy it. You will avoid a ton of financial trouble that way. On the cultural difference note, I would say that, well, you do not choose where you're born, Money habits and system will vary, so just make the best out of your situation. And I will just end up this episode with Cat's motto, which I really liked. Nothing is impossible, and if there's a problem, think, yeah, what's the way around it? So that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at Johnny Talks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening, and I'll speak to you next time.